All right, good morning. Welcome to Byfield Parish Church. Thank you for being here with us today for worship. Thank you for everybody that's worshiping online as well. I assume the online folks uh, still have shoveling to do. Uh, so sorry for you online folks that have that to look forward to. Uh, but it is great to be here today. And yeah, I'm really glad, uh, you know, as we moved through this week, it really seemed like it was going to be difficult to get here this morning. And not that it wasn't, not that it wasn't a challenge, uh, but the fact that it was possible was good. So great to be here with all of you today. When I was a teenager, I wanted to be a missionary. There were several reasons for this. While a few were suspect, I thought it, I think I just thought it would be cool, honestly, to go live someplace else in the world. Much of my logic was good. I was aware that people existed around the world who were living in spiritual darkness. Many of these people lived in situations where Christianity was, for all intents and purposes, non-existent. Non-existent, and I thought I should go to one of those places and improve the situation there. Eventually, I realized I was not well suited to be a missionary. Now, in general, I am not exceptional at anything as a person. I feel like I'm average at a lot of things, and that, that works pretty well for me. That's fine. But there are two big exceptions to my general competence. Way back in the summer, I accidentally left my mic on one time uh, when we were singing the final hymn. And I don't know if the people here in the room could hear. I don't, I don't quite understand how the sound system works in this way, but the people watching online could definitely hear. And that indicated one of the areas in which I am not competent. Musically, I'm, I'm awful. It, it was really bad. It's really terrible. The following week, actually, Bill Terry came up and said to me, like, you may really want to be sure you turn off your mic because this is kind of a problem. Like, Thanks, Bill. Thanks. I really appreciate that. But that was not the reason that I decided I shouldn't be a missionary. No, it was trying to learn Spanish as a high school student. I don't know if the, my lack of musical ability is in some way lacked to my, linked, linked to my lack of ability at being able to learn language as well, but I am not good at languages. And that also seemed like a pretty big problem for being a missionary. As my understanding of myself grew, my expectations for what God was calling me to changed as well. Self-awareness is important. Without it, we will end up doing very foolish things. In today's text from Exodus, we will see just how badly a lack of self-awareness can go. If you would please turn with me to Exodus chapter 2. We will begin reading in verse 11 and read through verse 22. That's Exodus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11 and reading through page 22. Hear the word of the Lord. One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. 
He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, why do you strike your companion? He answered, who made you prince and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and saved them and watered their flock. When they came home to their father, Raul, he said, how is it that you have come home so soon today? They said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, then where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses his daughter, Zipporah. She gave birth to a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Amen. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. The Moses presented in verse 11 of these verses is not the same Moses found in verse 22. In these 11 verses, a lot changes. The young prince who thinks he can unilaterally change the world turns into the middle-aged man that is just happy to scrape by in peace. Neither at the end or the beginning of these verses does Moses exhibit much awareness of who he is or who God has called him to be. God wants to use Moses in big ways. For that to happen, Moses must see himself as God sees him. In the same way God has a plan to use Moses to free the Israelites, he has a plan to use you as well. By maturing in our knowledge of what God has made us to be, what he has called us to be, our ability to do what God has for us increases. At the beginning of these verses, Moses is a young man with a lot of ambition and little discernment. The passage tells us Moses has grown up. Physically, he has reached manhood. He goes out to the Israelites, his people. Moses looks upon their burdens. This must have been a horrific experience. We have spent the past two weeks talking about the situation the Jews lived in. Well, we don't know exactly how long they've been living under the policies enacted by Pharaoh to crush them. 
we do know it has been decades at a minimum. They have been ground down by heavy labor, the constant threat of having their lives taken depending on the whims of their masters has been ever present. You might have seen pictures or videos of people that are forced to live under tyranny. It is not pretty. Moses goes out and he sees the suffering of his people from his own place of privilege. This was not something he did routinely. The text seems to imply that this is the first time he has ever been faced with the fact that the comfort he has enjoyed in Pharaoh's house was brought about through the physical abuse he's witnessing. Moses' whole understanding of the world is turned on its head. Anybody that's ever been on a mission trip to a third world country can appreciate a bit of this experience. Although Moses, what he's dealing with is a hundred times more extreme. When Moses sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people, he decides to act. He kills the Egyptian. This is murder, pure and simple. Verse 12 tells us Moses looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. He is a vigilante, although he's not very good at it. He tries to bury the body in the shifting desert sand. The following day, Moses goes out again. He comes across another scene that excites his sense of justice. Two Israelites are fighting. When he tries to intervene, one of the men who had been struggling asked, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Moses is no Batman. His efforts as a vigilante have been discovered rather quickly. Moses is not an outlier in his ambitions to make his world better. In fact, it's a common inclination that most people have. Our world is filled with those that want to make the world a better place in ways large and small. Everyone has an idea on how an area they care about could improve. The focus varies depending on the passions of the person. It might be limited to thinking adult children need to live differently. Or it could be a larger concern for how an institution functions, whether it be a church or a business or a government. The personal conviction the world would be, be better off if I ran it 
it's, it's a common feeling. If we're honest with ourselves, most of us think, like, if people just did things like I think they should be done, everything would go a lot better. It would go a lot more smoothly. The desire to make something better of the world is good. We should all want to make the world better. Christians especially must exhibit this passion. It is a passion of Jesus. Problems arise when, like Moses in these verses, we act impetuously. This happens when we see a problem and try to fix it unilaterally through our own strength and capabilities. Women that are busybodies are foolish in this way. Men that are always bloviating about their opinions are as well. The people who are supposed to be helped by the efforts made on their behalf are often not appreciative. Like the Hebrews who Moses stopped the fight between, they asked, who made you a prince and a judge over us to those who try to help? Those that ask this question of Moses' actions know that, that his, his efforts are a product of his arrogance. What the fighting Hebrews identify in Moses is often true of people that want to help. The desire to help is mixed with a personal pride that results in counterproductive ignorance. <clears throat> to make the world a better place, we must be self-aware. When people that lack self-awareness take matters into their own hands, the end result is negative. Moses' unilateral effort to make the world better failed in an epic fashion. Even if you were to argue the Egyptian Moses killed, got what he deserved, is not like anything changed. There was definitely another Egyptian with a whip ready to step in. The lives of the Hebrews living in slavery they didn't improve in any noticeable way. Moses' failure to accomplish anything meaningful is appalling when you consider the hand he had been dealt. He was part of the ruling elite. He had grown to manhood in Pharaoh's court. Every educational opportunity had been his. He is familiar with court politics. Instead of using the knowledge, skill, and unique position God had blessed him with to improve the lot of his people, his actions have made him into an outlaw. He is of little use to anyone after this murder. Moses barely makes it out of Egypt with his head attached to his shoulders. There are plenty of people running around in our world trying to improve things that lack the necessary self-awareness. Every generation of young people is guilty of this to some extent. It's 
kind of a running joke. It is easy for society to constantly express exasperation at the newest generation of young people that is trying to make the world better. We should probably remember that when we were young, we tried to do the same thing. Also, maybe if the world, the newest generation was inheriting, was a little more functional, they wouldn't feel such a need to try to change it quickly. The biggest problem with young people is that they don't know what they don't know. I can talk about young people who lack self-awareness trying to help others because I was once one myself. Some might think I still am one now. It is not just the young that lack self-awareness. It is often the case that those trying to improve a situation aren't aware of their own strengths, weaknesses, or motives. We actually all lack self-awareness to some extent. The lack of self-knowledge in the young is at least excusable to some extent. It takes time and experience to figure out who you are. It is, it is much less acceptable that so many people that are supposed to be at an age of maturity in our present world are delusional about themselves. The best way to become more self-aware is to turn to God. He is the only one who sees who we are accurately. God knows Moses. He is the one that made sure that Moses survived as a baby. God watched over Moses in the intervening years. God knows us to the same extent. There are influences that have shaped you over the years that you have forgotten, teachers, friends, and bosses. God has not forgotten any of it. He knows better than you what you are thinking at this moment and why. God wants to show us who we are through a variety of means. He shows us through his word. James 1, 23 and 24 say, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. The Bible, when practiced, helps us see ourselves as we are. God shows us who we are through Christian community. There's a lot you can learn about yourself in isolation. But there is plenty that you can only learn in relationships with other people. Christian community is supposed to be a safe place to learn about yourself. Prayer, directly communing with God, is another way we learn about ourselves. Prayer is a conversation with God through the Holy Spirit. In that intimate conversation, God teaches us who we are. 
God wants to show every person who they are through the means he has appointed so we can change the world for the better with God. When I, as a Christian, with a Reformed theological perspective, think about what it means to be self-aware, there's a tendency to only focus on the bad. It is true that we should be aware of weaknesses. I am a sinner. Even in my attempts at bringing about good, go off the rails due to my own shortcomings. I actually cannot do good on my own. I also need to be aware that my power is nothing compared to God's power. I am reminded of this Every time I try to parent, I may be able to affect my children's behavior temporarily, but I cannot ultimately change their hearts. The same thing that is true of my kids is true of every person I interact with. I lack the power to change people, even when the need for change is obvious. There is also a positive side to who I am I shouldn't ignore. God has uniquely shaped me to make the world better. I have a history that helps me to notice things others wouldn't. You do as well. I have aptitudes. I was born with spiritual gifts God has given me, as do you. Part of the problem with Moses is that he was apparently ignorant in these verses of how uniquely well-suited he was for what God wanted him to do. In addition to leading the people of Israel out of slavery, it is generally believed that Moses wrote the majority of the first five books of the Bible. Many Bible scholars make the argument that what Moses wrote made use of his Egyptian academic background. He was able to write the first five books of the Bible because he had been trained throughout his whole life to write well. He wasn't out there stamping out bricks with the rest of the Israelites. He was learning. He was having that opportunity. God made sure Moses got the training he needed in the house of Pharaoh to be able to communicate effectively on God's behalf. God has a plan. Moses' ignorance of himself blinds him to how God wants to use him in that plan. Every Christian has a part to play in God's plan. The more we know about ourselves, the more clarity about what our role is will be. Too often we think that because we are not like Moses, God has no use for us. After all, look at all Moses did. God used him in these huge, dramatic ways. 
don't underestimate how God can use you. The Moses at the end of these verses didn't think God had any use for him. He thought he was going to live out the rest of his life in a foreign land, tending his father-in-law's sheep. God had other thoughts. He is pretty good at taking flawed people and bringing about his purposes through them. Sometimes I think Christians just claim they don't believe God can use them because it gets them off the hook for being used. If a person is incapable, it is unreasonable to expect anything out of them, right? There's a big difference between can't and don't want to. I'm reminded of this also with my kids. Sometimes I've noticed that when they tell me they can't do something, it actually just means they don't want to do something. Because I've noticed when they're motivated, they are very capable. God knows what you are capable of. He will not ask you to do anything you are incapable of. A lot of Christians need to stop making excuses. Those Christians that take a step forward with God will find that he directs the following step. And the one after that, and the one after that. The next thing you know, the person you become when you move forward with God is not the person you thought you were. Christians that move forward with God develop the self-awareness that allows them to make a meaningful impact on the world. If you want the world to change, you need to increase your self-knowledge through the means God has appointed. Ultimately, to truly know ourselves, we must look to God to tell us what he has made us and called us to be. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we ask that you would be with us as we seek a greater knowledge of who we are. We are your people, and, and we rejoice in that. We recognize that you have made us for a purpose, and we rejoice in that as well. We also recognize that we so often fail to, to live out, to be the person that you have made us to be, that you have called us to be. That our knowledge of ourselves is sometimes prideful, sometimes overly negative, Lord. And that this lack of knowledge creates barriers, Lord. It makes it where we act in ways that are not keeping with your purposes. So I pray that you would be with us, that you would give us the knowledge of ourselves that we need, that we can act in the world in the, world in the ways that you have called us to act. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.